Hey guys, it's Oscar. Before I start the actual show, um, I wanted to update a few things that I talked about. I recorded on Wednesday the 24th. It is now Thursday the 25th, so happy Thanksgiving. I um, There's an activity that I put together later in the episode, and it took me until today to collect all the clips, so that's why it's not going up till today. As far as things that I wanted to update, um, I talked about Everson Griffin and his situation at the beginning of the news section. And at the time, we did not have an update as to whether he had left his home. Um, but I wanted to update y'all and say that he did. He um, allowed the police and team officials to enter and is now getting the care that he needs um, after all the troubling things that happened yesterday morning that I talk about later in the episode. So that's a positive. Um, a little negative for my Cowboys fans. I talked about the C.D. Lamb concussion and how he was progressing towards playing. He is now not going to play today, so that's sad. Uh, though they are playing the Raiders, so hopefully... They still take care of business. Um, and that's about it. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to episode 12 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a podcast about two of the most laughable teams in the NFL, and those would be the Texans and Jags. I'm your host, Oscar Barkas, and in lieu of another guest this week, uh, because it's Thanksgiving and it's hard to coordinate with another person, um, I'm having a bunch of people on later on um, in a fun little what are we thankful for about the season uh, exercise? But I'm going to do all the normal stuff, the quick question, the headlines about other sports in the NFL, and then the te Texans and Jags updates. Uh, I'm going to do all that stuff by myself, and then we'll transition into that what are we thankful for segment. Um, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, and uh, let's get started. So, um, again, in lieu of the quick question, I have decided to give y'all a quick update on the team draft that Sam and I did before the season. Um, and I'll just let you know right away, Sam is killing me. Um, he's beating me by 15 points. If you remember, uh, we drafted all the teams in the NFL and when one of the teams wins a game, we get a point. And at the sort of halfway point of the season, a little later than that, week 11, um, he is beating me 89-74. to 74. A lot of his teams are currently in the playoff race, and a lot of mine are not. Um, but that's how it goes. Uh, some highlights. Sam drafted teams like the Cardinals and Steelers and Bengals and Eagles all late. Um, meanwhile, I drafted like the Seahawks and Dolphins and Saints and Bears pretty early. Um, and 
that that would be the discrepancy in points right there. So Sam, I, I pretty much concede. I, I think it would take a lot for me to come back and beat you. You've got this 15 point advantage. Um, it would it would take my teams winning a lot in the playoffs for me to come back, but we'll see. I'll keep updating you guys as the season goes on. Um, but that's that. A little sports headline that I wanted to cover is the NBA. The season has progressed. We're about a quarter of the way through. Um, some teams are shining, like the Warriors. They are um, the league's best team at the moment. They are killing it, and they don't even have Clay Thompson back. I've talked about the struggles that the Spurs have faced, and it's only getting worse. We are definitely one of the lottery teams at the moment. Um, and then the team that everyone projected to be the best team in the league, the Brooklyn Nets, has quote-unquote struggled. I don't see a whole lot of people talking about them. However, they're the number one seed in the East still. Um, only lost five games. It's just that we all know how good that team would be if they had the third superstar in Kyrie Irving, who is still sitting due to um, him not wanting to get the vaccine and the vaccine mandate that exists in New York where the Nets play. Uh, other teams that have been exciting, the Bulls, they've far and away exceeded my expectations to this point, especially after losing one of their best players in Patrick Williams. Love to see Alex Caruso, a Texas A&M legend, playing so well, playing great defense. Um, the Wizards are another team that has shocked the world. They traded Russell Westbrook away over the offseason for... A bunch of depth, basically, and that depth has helped them to the fourth seed in the East so far. Um, who else did I want to mention? The Suns are right back at it. They made the finals and have not slowed down. I think that Chris Paul really, really wants his ring. Um, and then the Mavericks, they've lost Luka for a couple games. I think he played with limited minutes last night against the Clippers. And Kristaps Porzingis has kind of played well in his stead. He's uh, looked like old Kristaps, the one that made everyone excited for um, his arrival to the Mavs a couple seasons ago. And if he can keep this up, and actually Luka, when he's played, has not played like the Luka Doncic we all know and love. Um, and we all know that that can return at any minute. So if Kristaps if keeps playing this well and Luka gets back to being a top five or even three player in the league, uh, the Mavericks could be really good. And they already are. They're 10-7, and seven, fourth in the West. So that's kind of all I wanted to talk about. Spurs wise, um, we're four and twelve, and we're about to enter a stretch of games against really, really good teams. Um, let me read off the exact run we're about to go on. Uh, where is it? So we play the Hawks tonight, and then the Celtics, Wizards. 
Portland, the Warriors, the Suns, the Knicks, Denver twice, and then we get to play the Pelicans. So our, our next win might be a couple weeks from now when we get to play the Pelicans. You know, I, I, I talked about my excitement with the team getting to see the young guys play, but a lot of the times getting to see the young guys play means that you're going to lose a lot of games. And uh, that might be what's best for the Spurs. We, we have not drafted in the top 10 in a while. And uh, maybe getting a top three pick, uh, maybe aimed towards a player like Chet Holmgren at Gonzaga or Paolo Bonchero at Kentucky, um, could suit the Spurs pretty well. Regardless, NBA has been fun. This is my first season in which I've had league pass, and so I get to watch pretty much every game that I want to, which has been really exciting. Um, it's always fun, especially when the Texans suck as bad as they do to have something else to watch. NFL news-wise, um, some scary news this morning, and we have not been updated about what's happened Everson Griffin, the defensive end for the Vikings, longtime stud, um, quarterback rusher, had a seemingly a mental breakdown on his Instagram Live this morning, early in the morning, talking about people in his house. He had his gun with him. Um, he has struggled with mental issues before, and... Um, early this morning, police and some team officials and a psychologist showed up at his house and he will not let them in still. Um, all, all the best to the Vikings and to Everson. As, as you all know, this is a pro mental health, pro making sure everything is right podcast. Um, just hoping that he can get the help that he needs and he allows these people to take care of him. Um, as I said, he's still not let them in his house. And at, uh, the, the most recent update that we have is that he discharged the gun a few times. So scary, scary stuff. Um, my thoughts are with him and his family. And hopefully we get a positive ending to this. Um, my next thing that I wanted to say, a little more positive, is just how many bad quarterbacks we get to watch right now at this point in the NFL season. Um, we've seen Mike White and Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco play just for the Jets, which is exciting. Um, they actually get Zach Wilson back this week, so that's, I guess, a positive um, the Lions are playing a guy named Tim Boyle uh, while well, their starter Jared Goff has been out. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Tim Boyle had more interceptions than touchdowns in college, like a lot more, and uh, still made it to the NFL. So get your bag, King. Proud of you. Um, the Lions suck, even with, with Jared Goff playing, and look worse with with Mr. Boyle um, some other fun names that have played Cam Newton is starting for the Panthers and actually looked pretty good this last week um, honestly I, I, I've heard some Panthers fans say that they're more excited about him playing than 
Sam Darnold, which, fair enough. Um, and then, obviously, Davis Mills has played some. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's the, it's the era of bad quarterback play while, while the starters have been injured. Um, and then even while some starters have played, they've not looked good. I mentioned Jared Goff already. Baker Mayfield has been severely injured, um, and continues to play through it, even though that might not be the best thing for his team at this point. Um, but... (laughs) I guess that, that that's what adding an extra game to the NFL season does is leads to more injuries, leads to more opportunities for backups to come in, and for the most part look really bad. Uh, we had some coaching change news. Jason Garrett was let go by the Giants uh, over the weekend. Actually, I think yesterday. He was their offensive coordinator, and the Giants' offense has looked really bad for the majority of his tenure. I believe he was able to coach 28 games with the team, maybe a little less. Um, And even with Saquon Barkley, even though he's been injured, um, Kenny Galladay, uh, Evan Engram, Kadarius Tony, all of these weapons, and then Daniel Jones, who I think that I've spoken to my feelings about him. He's not the best, but with all of those weapons available, Jason Garrett has led the Giants to one of the worst offenses in the league. I'm glad that they decided to make a change. Might be too late in the season. They are now three and eight. Uh, three and seven, excuse me. Um, and will not be making the playoffs unless there's a huge change. The exciting news there is Freddie Kitchens, who was the Browns interim head coach and then head coach a couple of seasons ago, um, is now their offensive coordinator, I believe, their de facto um, offensive coordinator. We'll see how that goes. Um, I guess anything is better than Jason Garrett, who... I know all my Cowboys fans know and love. And then as far as the Bears go, a report came out this week that Matt Nagy will be coaching his last game for the team on Thanksgiving. There's been some back and forth. He he came out and said that he was not aware of this report and he, he had not been made aware that it would be his last game. Usually, I've, I swing more towards believing what the coach has to say in this scenario. I don't really know. I, I've talked about Matt Nagy not being very good either. And uh, the team will be without Justin Fields at quarterback this week. So they get to ride the Andy Dalton experience one more week. And that that might be it for Matt Nagy, even though they are playing the Lions on Thanksgiving. And the Lions, I just mentioned, are starting Tim Boyle. So that might be the worst game of the year. Um, And for the Bears' sake, I hope that they lose the game because I think that that might be the end of Matt Nagy's tenure and would most likely mean good things for Justin Fields, who is their entire team he's their future 
Um, Cowboys update. We had some injuries to a lot of their main guys. Zeke got a little banged up. I, th I think that he's trending towards playing on Thanksgiving. Amari Cooper um, entered the COVID health and safety protocols. Missed last week. It turned out that he was unvaccinated, so he's going to miss this week as well. Um, hopefully he has no... Um, continuing symptoms from that when he tries to come back and play and then cd lamb suffered a concussion in the game this past week against the chiefs i saw a report this morning that he is actually on the fifth step of clearing the concussion protocols um it's it's a quick turnaround they played on sunday and then they play thursday so we'll see um if he's able to play but the report this morning sounded good um, and then Jonathan Taylor, the last bit of uh, player-specific news that I wanted to cover. I would like to pat myself on the back a little bit. Last week on the podcast, I called Jonathan Taylor the running back one with Derrick Henry out. And what did he do? He proceeded to score five touchdowns in a complete just stomping of the Bills by the Colts. Um, and I think that we would... It's pretty much consensus now that he's the best running back in the league at this point. Um, he is amazing. I think that he's like close to the top in MVP odds now. Not that I'm condoning anyone to bet on that. Uh, I'm, running backs never win the MVP, but he's pretty damn good. Um, and then I had to include this bit of news just because I know that Connor is a listener. He's he's also been a guest host, but I, I figured he'd want me to mention that St. Louis has had a ongoing battle with the NFL since the Rams left, moved to L.A., something that Connor talked through when he hosted um, about getting a team back to the city, about being angry that the NFL let their team leave. Um, and they settled today. The NFL is paying St. Louis, the city, uh, $790 million for damages and for them having built a stadium for a lot of things that um, they've been angry about, obviously, for a long time. I think that Connor would say that the only thing that would make this better is St. Louis getting another team. Um, I'm sorry, Connor. I'm not super sure that St. Louis would be the first pick if the NFL was to add an expansion franchise or if another team was to move. But this is some good news, I guess, for, for your city. And then finally, last bit of news here. Um, really cool. Actually, I'm, I think that this just describes the parity that exists in the NFL, is that nine matchups this week in Week 12 will be between 500 or better teams, um, which is the most since the merger in 1970. That is nuts. I um, it's, It should be a good week of football. Uh, the <laughs> Those uh, games do not include games by the Jags or Texans, unfortunately. We are both 2-8, and eight, but that is what it is. Um, moving on, Jags-Texans updates. 
you know, I I mentioned just a second ago the Texans are two and eight, and that is because we just won a game. I tweeted Texans win after we won on our uh, our podcast Twitter account, and that doesn't even describe the range of emotions that I felt watching that game. It was so ugly. The Titans outgained the Texans 420 yards to 190 yards, which is nuts. Um, They just could not score. It was super rainy the entire time, so that kind of makes sense as to why it was such an ugly offensive game. But we beat the Titans 22 to 13. That's all that matters. Um... The battle, the the quarterback battle that went on was interesting to say the least. Neither quarterback was very efficient. Uh, Ryan Tannehill threw a career high four interceptions. Meanwhile, Tyrod Taylor ran for two touchdowns, and that that won us the game. So he looked good with in, in the context of it raining the entire time. Um. Our defense, Desmond King had a hell of a game. He was, I think, the highest graded graded corner this week um, with PFF's grading system. He had two game-sealing picks. The Titans were driving twice to try and come back and put some points on the board, and Desmond King picked the ball off. Both drives um, won us the game. Our defense had... Five turnovers forced. Four of them were interceptions, like I mentioned. And that is back-to-back weeks with five turnovers forced by the defense, which is nuts. And we were without our best um, rusher this week, Jonathan Greenard, who had seven sacks in the seven games leading up to this one. He uh, missed with an injury. And our defense still looked great. So I... We're going to get into some what we're thankful for later, but I'm thankful for the Lovey Smith defense. He is making these guys play to the best of their ability, um, and it won us a game. Um, a little more team-specific news. Uh, we cut Philip Lindsay after the game. He only had one carry. It's been a turnstile of running backs for the Texans. We signed a bunch of veterans before the season, and all of them have kind of stunk. I think that more has to do with a lack of passing game and some bad run blocking by the offensive line. Um, But hopefully Phillip Lindsay finds himself on a better situation, on a contender maybe, Um, because I do think he is good. He just did not really have a whole lot of opportunity with the team. Um. And then on the Titans side, I still think that they're a sleeper contender, depending on Derrick Henry's health. If he comes back, he, the, the the earliest he could come back after the injury was late December. Um, maybe they wait a couple more weeks if they're still in the playoff picture and then bring him back just for the playoffs. And I think if that's the case, they're going to be really good. Plus, A.J. Brown will be hopefully a little more healthy by the end. Um, Julio will be off of injured reserve. I still think that the Titans are pretty good, and I know that Dalton's going to be shocked hearing that because I was a hater earlier on in the season, but <sighs> this was a fluke of a game. I I um, am happy the Texans got a win. I think if you play that game ten times, the Titans win the other nine. 
Um, because without the rain, they would have stomped on us. Obviously, they, they outgained us by a bunch. Ryan Tannehill, without the rain, definitely would not have turned the ball over so much. But I'm happy. Um, the Texans broke their eight-game losing streak, and the Titans broke their six-game winning streak. Um, so that's crazy. And then a little more perspective. In this one season... The Texans lost 40 to 0 to the Bills. The Titans beat the Bills 34 to 31 in one of the games of the year. It was a great game. And then, and then the Texans beat the Titans. So what there's no easy way to understand what made that happen, but that's the NFL. As far as the Texans prospects for the next couple games our next four games we play the jets in houston the colts in houston the seahawks in houston and then the jags in jacksonville so we have a little bit of a home stretch we were playing the titans in tennessee so so now we got three home games in a row and if you look at that stretch of games like I, I think we should beat the Jets this week. They're, they're starting Zach Wilson again, um, and he has not played very well this, this far into his rookie season. AFC South divisional games are always weird. We play the Colts. They beat us really badly a couple weeks ago, but the Jags almost beat them last week, so you never know. Um, and then the Seahawks have played horribly they they had 17 drives and scored six points against the cardinals this week i believe maybe a little more than that uh, russell wilson is back so that helps but and then obviously the jags we they, they were our only other win uh coming into this game our only win coming into this game so if we i mean i could see us splitting those four games winning two losing two now, as as for what's best for the team, it's best that we lose. Uh, I think everyone knows that. Um, however, this team is playing hard, defense especially. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I I think we talked about this when Dalton was on a couple, now 10 weeks ago or something like that. Um, he, we both said, it's hard to root for your team to lose and actually what we'd rather is our team win and then figure out the draft later. It's it's hard to it's like I said it's hard to root for your team to lose. Obviously, the best thing is that we end up as high in the draft as possible um, and get a premier player at one of the important positions, but we'll see. We'll see. Um uh, obviously, you'll hear from me next week, and we might have won another game. So, I have zero control. I just relay the information. As far as the Jags go, they, I mean, didn't look awful this week. They ended up having a, well, they looked awful. I, it's hard to... It, it's hard to quantify with a rookie quarterback what you'd want your team to look like. Um, the offense could not get it going. They lost 10 to 30 to the Niners, and their defense did not look as good as it had the past couple weeks. But 
I think that me me saying they didn't look awful is me saying, you know, the more losses that you have, the more likely that you fire Urban Meyer. And I've talked about that all season, and I'll keep talking about it until he gets fired. Um, he came out with some quotes after the game that were interesting. As far as the loss is concerned to the Niners, earlier in the season, I would have said this was a lot more embarrassing but the 49ers have kind of picked it up. They look a lot more like a playoff team. I think they might be a playoff team at the moment, um, either there or really close. They're 5-5. Five and five. And um, I'm checking to see where they are in, the, in their conference. Yeah, they are. Okay, they're ninth. One, two, three eighth in their conference and and have the same amount of wins as the Vikings and Saints. So they're they're fighting for a playoff spot and the team as a whole looks a lot better. So this isn't quite as embarrassing for the Jags. It was just that their offense could not get moving. Um, they ran three total plays in the first quarter. They added one more at the beginning of the second in which LaVisca Chenault fumbled. And then they, so they had four total plays until about halfway through the second quarter. And Trevor Lawrence led a 12 play field goal drive. Um, sort of the rest of this stuff is just kind of thought stuff that I thought was funny while watching. Not funny, not all of it was funny. Uh, the Jags haven't won an AFC, uh, a game versus an NFC team since 2018, which is crazy. Um, Laquan Treadwell is on the Jags. That's news to me. Um, <laughs> the 49ers' first drive took 20 plays and almost 14 minutes, and they <laughs> they did not score a touchdown. They kicked a field goal from the one-yard line. So all that was funny. Um, as far as why they couldn't get stuff moving, James Robinson was stuffed all day. All day could not get the run game moving. He had their only touchdown, but that was from a yard or two out. And then some a sad goodbye to one of our heroes from this season, Jamal Agnew, um, on a play early in the fourth quarter, caught a pass and then was hit really hard, sort of twisted up his knee and has now been placed on IR for the rest of the season. He's the guy I've talked about a lot, one of the shining stars from the Jags, and I'm sad to see him go. Um, immediately after that, I was like, oh, Tavon Austin's on the team. He's a pretty perfect replacement for everything that Jamal Agnew does, a little short wide out on um, the offense when you need him, can fill in at running back. Gadget guy is, is the good way to say that, and can also be their kick and punt returner. Well, he uh, muffed a punt on his first attempt. So the Jags will not be moving forward with him as their return man. They signed a guy named Jaden Mickens, who was on their team either last year or two years ago. Um, so he will be their return man moving forward. But Jamal Agnew, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun while it lasted, and hopefully he's made enough of a name for himself. I mean, he had talked about it last week he's he had three touchdowns um all crazy plays so far this season and 
four touchdowns, sorry. He had a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a kick return touchdown, and a field goal return touchdown. So hopefully with that, he made enough of a name for himself that he'll be playing next year. Um, and then the Jags play the Falcons in Jacksonville this week in what could be just another ugly game. The The Falcons had a moment where they looked like they were going to be a playoff team, and then they stunk it up, just lost like 40-10 to 10 against the Patriots on Thursday night. Uh, and then before that had lost to the Cowboys. So we'll see how that game goes. Uh, like I like I said earlier, I'll, I'll be back next week to update y'all on the Jets, Texans, and Falcons, Jaguars matchup. That may be a sentence that no one has ever said before. I think that wraps up the game summaries, and that means that we can move into our thankful for segment. So I had a couple buddies of mine send in um, a little voice recording of them saying who they are, how I know them, their NFL team, and what they're thankful for, either in the NFL or fantasy season. Let's see how that goes. Um, thank you to everyone that contributed. I'm, I'm really excited to have done this. Howdy, my name is Dooley, and I know Oscar because he saved my son from a burning building. I'm a loud and proud Cowboys fan, and this year I'm thankful that the New York Giants fired Jason Garrett and hopefully put him out of the NFL for good. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Dalton Jody. I've been on the podcast before with Oscar, friend from his at Texas A&M. Um, I'm probably the biggest Texans fan right behind Oscar. And this Thanksgiving, not really much to be thankful for with the Houston Texans themselves. But as far as fantasy goes, I'm a big fan and very thankful for the man himself, Cooper Cup. Go Texans, baby. Bulls on parade. Hi, my name is Rohan Kalapa, and I am friends with Oscar through Connect, an organization at A&M. Uh, my NFL team is the Houston Texans. Sadly, it is what it is. Um, this year in fantasy, I'm thankful for drafting Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. They've been the dynamic duo that has been carrying my fantasy team this year and also putting faith in a rookie running back in Najee Harris as he has had crazy volume. And, uh, yeah. Hello, my name is Caleb Graybill. I have known Oscar since uh, we were in middle school together. I do not watch the NFL often, but I have a lot of connections uh, up in Michigan, which means that when I do watch the NFL, I'm cheering for the Lions. Um, and I'm very thankful that the Lions are being competitive for that number one draft spot this year. Um, last year, they made a couple of mistakes down the stretch, winning a couple of games they should have lost, and it cost us uh, the number one overall pick, and we're going for it this year. Um, very excited and excited for who that number one pick will be. Hello, everyone. My name is Bennett Kambalik. I know Oscar Vargas because I'm in an organization with him, and I have the pleasure of being in his fantasy league this season. Um, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan, and I'm very thankful that Aaron Rodgers chose to return to the team because he is doing great this year. Hi, everyone. This is Josh Kruger checking in to 
Oscar's podcast. Um, so me and Oscar have known each other for, I think, two or three years. I met him through um, his roommate, Mitchell Cowart, one of my best buds. And yeah, ever since then, me and Oscar have been great buddies. Uh, friendship has just grown in strength since we both went into Connect. Um, so yeah, love the guy. Great dude. Glad y'all are supporting his podcast. Um, so my NFL team is the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, before any of you think anything bad, I am not a bandwagon. My mother's from Seattle, so I have a valid excuse to be a Seahawks fan. Not that it's uh, fun to be a Seahawks fan uh, right now. But what I am thankful for is that Russell Wilson is back. Uh, his fingers all healed up and he's gonna he's gonna bring the seahawks back to a 500 level uh record uh, i hope so at least because uh man seahawks are rough but optimistic now that russ is back um thanks oscar for letting me be on your podcast love you buddy uh yeah there's my thankfulness that russ is back hello everybody my name is liam you might remember me from episode nine of the podcast um, I'm a Houston native, a Texans fan. I know Oscar through our student organization at Texas A&M called Connect. And this year I'm thankful for Jonathan Taylor, whom I traded for in fantasy uh, before he started blowing up. He's been carrying my team. And I'm also thankful for Case Keenum, who is 1-0 as a starting quarterback this year in the NFL and provides us with gritty, uh, exciting, good old-fashioned football. Um, so I couldn't be more thankful for him. What's up? I'm Zach Snyder. I'm in connect with Oscar. Um, I'm a Texans fan. And what I'm grateful for this NFL Thanksgiving uh, is the Texans finally having a first round pick. You know, we've been without a first rounder for several years now. And the team already sucks. There's not much to be thankful for as a Texans fan. But you know what? At least this year, hopefully we'll be able to pick somebody worth a damn. So yeah. As always, we're gonna wrap up with Fantasy Corner, and uh, I'm excited. We've got a lot of big things to talk about. But before then, before I do that, I wanna talk about what I'm thankful for. And I kind of laughingly said that I was thankful for the Lovey Smith defense, and I am. I am. It makes watching the Texans games enjoyable. But really, I'm just thankful to uh, for, uh, thankful for a couple things. First of all, thankful to all my friends for helping me with the section. The the thankful for segment today means a lot to all of you guys that contributed. Um, thankful for all my other friends, my family, Sam, my co-host. Um, thankful to all the other guest hosts that I've had this season. And then I'm thankful that we get to have just a pretty normal NFL season. All sports are back. We experienced a lot with the pandemic. Um, and sports pretty much maintained throughout. But this has felt like a much more normal season even with all the oddities that have happened um even before between these two recordings i got to see a picture of aaron Rodgers holding up his fractured toe to a camera so it's been weird but it's been pretty normal 
and I'm thankful for that. Um, moving on, Fantasy Corner. We had our trade deadline this week, so we had a lot of activity before the deadline happened. I talked about my trade with Chase and Victor's team on the podcast with Chase last week, so that was exciting. Um, One of the players that I traded to Chase for Christian McCaffrey was Elijah Mitchell, and Chase and Victor ended up flipping him right away to Connor for a ninth round pick. So just kind of getting some more picks because they were selling. Then Wyatt became a buyer right at the trade trade deadline. Traded uh, Sam Tamplin for Aaron Jones. He had to give up a third round pick for that. Uh, we also had a... <laughs> Uh, a trade Mageddon by my co-host Sam McFadden. He became the biggest seller in the league right before the deadline. I guess decided that he was not happy enough with his team to try and compete this year. He did have quite a few unfortunate events happen to his team. So he traded Connor. Uh, he traded away Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson for a second round pick from Connor. And then also received Calvin Ridley back in that trade, who's I've talked about is not playing right now, taking a mental health break from sports, but he could be a keeper for Sam next year if if that comes to be the case. Um, and then Sam traded Ben. He traded away Lavisca or traded away Terry McLaurin for a fifth rounder and Lavisca Chenault, another keeper potential. And then traded Simon. He traded away Alvin Kamara um, to Simon for Kareem Hunt and third and fifth round picks. And then Simon also got a sixth rounder back in that. So Sam bulked up on picks, bulked up on some keeper potential, um, and sold. I, after my move with Chase, decided that I was happy with my team, didn't do a whole lot else. Um, I, I traded before week 11 happened, and then the trade deadline was right after week 11. Um, I'm excited to see, though. We've got about six teams competing for the championship. Myself, Connor, Ben, Simon, Caleb, Wyatt, and then maybe Jackson. He, uh, he's, he could compete for one of the last playoff spots. And then we've got our uh, consolation bracket has already pretty much been decided. Um, our, our bottom four teams have, have been set for a little while with Alec, Josh, Sam Tamplin, and Victor and Chase. So that is a uh, picture of what our league looks like. Um, obviously with this segment, Fantasy Corner, I will be updating y'all as the weeks move on, especially... With, with me in first place, I'm excited to hopefully contend for another championship. But that about wraps up the episode. I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving, gets to spend time with the people they love, and I'll be back next week. Um, thank you once again to all the people that contributed this week. really means a lot for you guys to uh, hop on the pod really quickly with me. And then uh, thank you to the listeners, as always, for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We'll see you next week.